Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Wisden Ashes Daily Podcast, brought to you by Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of exciting memories since 1979. If yesterday was Steve Smith Day, today was very much Rory Burns Day. Written off by many after the Ireland Test, he silenced the doubters with a maiden test century, batting through the day to leave England in a dominant position at the end of day two. I'm Yazrana, and later on I'll be speaking to the magazine editor of the Wisden Cricket Monthly magazine, Joe Harmon. But first, on the phone at Edgebaston, a very happy Phil Walker. Phil, you've written a lot about Rory Burns. You've spoken to him recently. What was that like to watch? Uh, it was tense beyond words, actually. Um, I found the last hour uh, in which he didn't score a run for 37 minutes uh, and the, the the kind of crabby crawl through the 90s as agonising as a passage of cricket as I've ever seen. Um, I've rarely been happier for a, a cricketer to, to, to have made that breakthrough 100. Um, he's, he's a good bloke, Rory Burns. Now, I know there'll be many people out there saying, well, that's not relevant, whether it is, whether he's a good bloke or not. Well, when you when you deal with these fellows and you talk to them every now and then and you interview them and you get a little glimpse into their inner world, then it does begin to matter. And uh, apologies if I sound a little bit uh, unprofessional here, but uh, this was one of those performances where it grabbed me in, in the heart more than the head uh, and I could not have been happier for the bloke really um, look let's, let's couch it um, 38 players misses according to Crickviz and 29 edges across 90 overs of cricket so every every over and a half was a false shot and um, last week at Lord he played and missed twice and nicked off twice in 50 balls so this is in part the vagaries of cricket uh, it's in part down to the uh, the mood of the day, the, the, the gods and the fortunes and the fates and how they're playing that particular afternoon, and partly down to um, just just a, a good cricketer getting his just desserts. And I think, as I've said to you before, that Rory Burns has, has looked the 
part in, in, in isolated moments for England since he's come into that side last winter. Uh, well, now now he has that he has that landmark. He has that that number against his name, and no one can ever take that away from him. I remember he said to me um, after his Ashes, after his debut, his Test debut, he said, and I said, how was it? He said, well, I remember when I scored my first run, and he said I just tickled it behind square to to get off the mark, and I thought to myself, no one can ever take that away from me. I've scored a Test match run. Uh, well, now you can look back and say, well, I've scored, a, I've scored an Ashes run. He looked like a completely different player to how he did at Lords. He scored six and six, but it wasn't just the number of runs he scored. It was how he scored them. He looked totally out of sorts. You saw Burns receiving an emergency net under the watchful eyes of the Stewart brothers earlier in the week. There's a great photo of that on Twitter. But it takes serious bottle to be able to undergo that transformation in the space of a week as much as anything else. Well, they did a split screen at Lords. Uh, a technical uh, split screen of um, his setup at the, in the West Indies and his setup now. And what was striking is that his hands were further, further away from his body um, in the West Indies than they were at Lords. So there's been a lot of talk and there was a lot of, a lot of noise on the radio as well this morning that he's changed his technique in the last week since the horror show at Lords. But the truth of it is that he's been changing it over time. He has been trying to get a little bit tighter, a little bit more compact. Um, and they, they, they'd identified that on the TV last week. Uh, what, was, what was happening last week, though, is that a combination of a lack of rhythm uh, and possibly a slightly garbled mind uh, produced two truly horror show innings. Uh, but my word, this game, you know, this is, this is a week. A, a week is, a, is, is an eon and more in, in sporting terms. And, and now he walks off at Edgeworth having batted all day to, to the strains of... There's only one Rory Burns. I mean, this is this is a county cricketer. This is a county cricket with a self-made technique who has been um, kind of ignored by England's uh, hierarchy for years and years. Uh, and now he walks off as the, as the hero of, of the first Ashes Test match. It is an extraordinary turnaround and one that you'd have to have a heart of stone, really, not to be rather round. Well, he's not a county cricketer anymore, Phil. Thanks a lot for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your evening. That was a reassuringly old-fashioned day of Test cricket, wasn't it? It was. It was. It got. There was a point in there where I kind of forgot Test cricket was like this uh, at one point. Partly because we've had such a diet of one-day cricket with the World Cup this summer, but also because England don't really play Test matches like like the way we've just seen today, and even Australia as well, because they've got two fairly flimsy batting lineups, two very strong bowling lineups, um, and yeah, there was something to really get your teeth stuck into, really. Interesting passages of play. I thought Lyon against Burns was a really good kind of subplot throughout the day. James Pattinson bowled a brilliant spell. But all in all, England stood firm and and did what we've really wanted them to be doing for a very long time. Yeah, so how do you you think the Aussies bowled today? I thought they were pretty good, really. I thought Cummins doesn't look kind of the, the, the devastating fast bowler that we thought he might be and looked like at the start of the World Cup. I thought he faded a bit over the course of the World Cup as well. Maybe just there's a lot of overs under his belt, um, having not played a lot of cricket up until the last couple of years. I thought Pattinson looked the most dangerous. Um, how Lyon has got figures of, what, none for 79, I think, after after today, having repeatedly beat Rory Burns over and over again. But that was the great thing about Burns. It didn't look like it bothered him at all. He just sort of got got back down and, and got back down to business. And uh, yeah, I think Australia will probably feel a bit unfortunate today, uh, particularly with, the, we haven't talked about it yet, but with, with Pattinson smashing into roots. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. And the bell doesn't come off. And we saw a few instances in the World Cup, but this was really kind of the extreme. Uh, we didn't have the zing bales this time. 
No, didn't have the thing about it, so we can't blame them this time. And of course, as well, Lyon had Burns LBW. I think he was on 21 at the time. Um, again, you could say luck, but also just bad captaincy. Uh, Payne didn't send it upstairs to review. Uh, and he would have, it was, yeah, crashing into leg stump. Um, on Joe Root, after a very slow start and having looked uncomfortable in the World Cup final and in the Ireland Test match, he looked somewhat back to his fluent best towards the end of his innings today. He did, yeah. I think he was scoring almost a run a ball for his last kind yeah. of 30 odd runs, having looked very scratchy to start with. I don't know if the, the, some of the scratchiness was the fact that he is coming in at three and felt like he really had to had to dig in uh, even more so than usual. Uh, I didn't think he looked kind of hugely uncomfortable, but we're just so used to seeing Root kind of ease to 15 off 20 I think balls. That's why I said it, yeah. because you are so used to seeing him get to 30 or 50 and not every time he bats. Exactly. And yeah, and, and, but I thought, I mean, he was. He was furious when he got out, um, quite a sharp caught and bold chance by Peter Siddle. Uh, when he looks back on the innings, I think he can't consider himself too unfortunate given he was bold and, and the bail didn't, the bail didn't come off. Um, but again, yeah, it's Root getting to 50 and not getting to 100, which will continue to be a narrative that will frustrate him until he manages to fix it. And Ben Stokes as well. I mean, everything went, went right for him today. Well, pretty much everything. Continuing his World Cup form, he's a far more dangerous prospect coming in at 194 for four than he is coming in at 30 for four as he so often does yeah and also I mean when Butler went was it 190 for for four at that point I was like well England could potentially roll over here and actually not get much of a first innings lead or a first innings lead at all and that was going to be really heavy weather to come back from there with Anderson uh, potentially not able to bowl we're still waiting for confirmation on that uh, and the pitch starting to turn uh, so it was a massive partnership that we saw at the end there from from Stokes and Burns uh, and there's something just so simple about the way Stokes is batting at the moment and the exciting thing is we all know that he's got that that hitting within him so if, if they can if they don't lose an early wicket tomorrow can continue the partnership then we can actually see some some fireworks from Stokes which we haven't seen so much of in recent times because he's been playing in this kind of new responsible mode. Who Dare Wins on Twitter got in touch using the Ask Wizard hashtag. He said, should Matthew Wade be described as a filthy smelly bowler? I think that's harsh. <laughs> it is harsh. But it's hard work having only four front line bowlers when your fifth bowler is Matthew Wade or Matthew Wide, as Ben Gardner called him in the office yeah, earlier today. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. It is. Uh, and this is what most teams have to deal with. We're very fortunate as an England team to have... Uh, not only Ben Stokes, but also Chris Wokes and Sam Curran, who can't even get in the side. I mean, Australia would would kill for all those guys. And it's telling that, that suddenly on, on the commentary, they're talking about, oh, well, maybe Mitchell Marsh might have been the more sensible pick. But the bloke's played 31 tests. He's averaging mid-40s with the ball, uh, mid-20s with the bat. This isn't, this isn't like a kind of a special test match talent waiting on the sidelines. And and to be fair, Wade has been the informed batsman in Australian domestic cricket. Oh, so write him off after one innings. Exactly. I think he had to get his chance, but it but it is the it is a problem for Australia. They don't have that all round and we saw them well roll a few of them out, didn't they, when they're waiting for the new ball. Travis headed a few overs as well. Um but yeah, they they don't have the balance of the side that England do and that just makes it all the more important if they can just kind of grind them down for another hour tomorrow then four bowlers starts to seem quite light as uh, as the total kind of moves on. Do you think that that might partially explain the selection of Siddle? He's more of a container bowler. He can bowl longer spells to contain bowl 21 overs, one for 43 today, which is more than tidy. Yeah, potentially. I mean, you'd say Hazelwood could probably do a similar job, but perhaps why they've gone for that type of bowler rather than Stark. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess that, that makes some sense. I thought Siddle bowled well. I think Siddle bowled exa- exactly how you'd expect him to It'll be interesting to see where they've got Lords next, haven't we? Where you'd be, I'd be amazed if Stark doesn't play there, given his, given what he did in the World Cup. 
Um, so Siddle, yeah, it might be one test and then one, one test in, one test out. But they have said they're going to mix up their fast bowlers over the course of the series. I'd be surprised if Cummins plays all, all five, given the workload he's had this summer. I think uh, all four Australians bowled well today. Um, but conditions were pretty good to bat. One one point of the day where conditions were very difficult to bat uh, was when the new old ball came in. So brought in off the 60th over and a lot of Australians persuading. Out of the seven balls that swung the most all day, five of them were in the first over off that change from James Paxton. That's quite a significant change. I'm not really sure what the rule is there about what constitutes a ball that's so out of shape that you must change it. But Australia were talking to the umpires for a lot of that day and it seemed to work because um, the ball did move loads and I, I thought Burns did so well to get through that because he was also in, his, in the 90s as well to, to have the discipline to get through that difficult patch was brilliant. Yeah, well, Pattinson, Pattinson and uh, Cummins both looked really dangerous. It was extraordinary, wasn't it? It, it made me think again, I, I keep thinking about if we have attracted some new fans from, from the World Cup, if they're turned on to watch that spell of test cricket and suddenly they go for a new ball and it starts hooping around corners because we can't really explain that and we've been watching cricket for a fair few years you've got people in the commentary box who have played about 100 test matches who can't exactly explain what's going on it is amazing that a cricket ball that supposedly they're as old as each other can can do such different things baffling. from the same people absolutely baffling um yeah but it made for an exciting passage of play and it was a real it was the the talking point and if england had got skittled from there uh, which they could have done they which really they definitely could have, could have done it looked like it was kind of heading that way with, with Pattinson bowling so well um, there would have been even more discussion about the condition of the ball and, and what it was doing they basically got two new balls they bowled Pattinson and uh, Cummins quite long spells when they got that new ball they were actually pr- probably quite knackered when the new ball actually came so England did well to get through that a couple of bits of injury news Mark Wood is out for the rest of the summer somewhat expected but disappointing news nonetheless Jimmy Anderson, though, might bowl again in this test, according to Stuart Broad, but the Evening Standard reporting that he'll miss this test and the next test. So who knows, really? Anyway, time for our daily predictions. Uh, I confidently predicted lots of runs from Rory Byrne yesterday. Good um, tap on the back. So yourself, start, uh, well, yeah. Taha did as well. Taha said he'd get 50. Taha said that Stuart Broad shouldn't play, though. So. Yeah, true. So <laughs> negative one. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll skirt over that. Joe, what do you think is going to happen on day three? Um, well, this is kind of a minor thing, but I think when, when England do come to bowl, uh, there's any passage of play where the ball suddenly isn't doing very much at all I think we'll have them in the umpires here pretty quickly saying well hang on we saw what happened in, in, in our innings give us a new ball let's see if that one starts hooping around corners as well Broad definitely leaving the, leading the charge on that one yeah. I'm sure uh, I'm, I'm going for a Stokes 100 uh, I guess that's quite easy to say when he's already on 38 uh, but he's not scored an international 100 since before the Bristol incident right. he's in the form of his life he's full of confidence it's going to happen Joe well, we all, I think we all predicted big series for him with the bat in particular, just the manner he batted in the World Cup. It looked like it was transferable to, to test cricket. He wasn't going out there and slogging. He was playing in a very contained manner. And we saw sort of phase two of that today. So, uh, yeah, long may it continue. And, yeah, well, as we've mentioned a couple of times already, that last hour, hour and a half was so important that England made sure they got through the close only four down. And actually... In a really dominant position, they're only 17 runs behind the Australian total with six wickets in hand, and with the bowlers tired from bowling a whole day with Besto Moeen. I know they're out of nick, but this is as good a time as any to come in if they can get through the new ball tomorrow. England in a great position. Yeah, and I thought that last passage was almost the most impressive bit of Burns' day. I mean, he was he was obviously tiring a bit. You could see that with his running between the wickets. But how often do you see a, a batsman bat throughout almost all the day? 
maybe get that milestone and then go just at the end. And that really, that, that gives the, the opposition just something to cling on to that evening and also the next morning. As it is, he can go to bed feeling incredible, having, as Phil said, he, he's done something that can never be taken away from him. Even if he doesn't score another run in Test cricket, he's, he's now kind of, that he'll be Roy Burns' Ashes Centurion. Um, so he'll, he'll come out feeling fantastic tomorrow and he's got Stokes in form next to him. So it's, it's looking reasonably rosy. Anyway, this has been the Wiz and Ashes Daily Podcast, brought to you by Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of exciting memories since 1979. Thanks, Joe. Cheers, Yaz. Cheers for listening, folks. Subscribe if you've not already, and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.